I was so undeserving. And yet, you were so relentless. I pushed. You pulled. I wept. You embraced. I bled. You repaired. I stopped. You smiled. I was a disaster. The worst of its kind. And yet, you still had the audacity to let me know that I was beautiful. This is Ali Ruskash and welcome to the AR Podcast. This is the AR Podcast. Feminism and the idea of equality began in 1848 when thousands of women and men marched for equality. Almost 20 years later, the founding fathers of cinema were born, the Lumiere brothers. The first cinema was formed in the basement of a grand cafe in Paris in 1895, and back then, Nobody thought the paths of cinema and feminism could ever cross. Now, fast forward to 2012. The fourth wave of feminism is born. And with it, all the industries in the world begin to change phase. All industries. Especially the movie industry. Maybe back then in 2012, when Sami Marjorie was still a student, she never thought of being in the film industry. Let alone finding a company that has taken a huge step towards equality in the movie industry of Iran. Uh, so two, three months ago when I st- you know, contacted you uh, for the first time, uh, you were pretty busy with the Fast Film Festival. Can you tell me a little bit about the experience of, uh, like, you know, were you a judge there? Uh, no, actually, um, I was working there as the manager of uh, Iranian section of the festival. Um, you know, uh, a very long time ago, they... I mean, not a very long time ago, but um, a little bit f- further, uh, they separated the Fajr, the international part of the festival, uh, with the national. So the national part is uh, taking place in Bahman, I mean, in, in February. So um, I, I, I was working with the international part of the festival as the manager of the Iranian section. Uh, so the main job for me is, uh, you know, watching the Iranian films and uh, make a shortlist for the main judge to uh, select the whole program. Um, unfortunately, it was uh, it was meant to be in May, to take place in May, but uh, because of the COVID-19, it, it is postponed until uh, I don't know when. Exactly. I mean, this is something that has been going through, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, all the film festivals around the world are being affected by this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The whole uh, film industry is on pause, so we cannot really, you know, plan our programs. It's crazy. Okay, so uh, before we continue with this, uh, can, can we just back up a little bit? I want to know about you, uh, and uh, can you tell me when did you uh, became interested in the movie industry? Um, actually, I haven't thought about it in a way uh, to be able to describe it uh, exactly. I mean, I just naturally lived my life and uh, just uh, followed my nose. Uh, 
truth be told, I have changed my uh, professional path a few times. Uh, but I cannot really tell uh, why I chose, uh, you know, the film industry. Uh, even though I can tell you that I have always been an unsatisfied person with inequality and stereotypes in a way. Uh, I believe it is, in, uh, it is the key in my whole journey, in my professional past. Um, actually, stereotypes just piss me off, seriously. Um, and uh, nothing can uh, blow my mind more than hearing stereotype stories or thoughts on different subjects, um, either about different races or, I don't know, about genders, about religions and everything. So it makes me, um, I, I mean, stereotypes makes me feel very sad and very angry at the same time. Um, and that's why in all these changes in my career, I have always tried to challenge stereotypes. And now that I am thinking about it, uh, I think it's probably that is the reason I started my, my work as a journalist, like, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. I was in love with writing when I was uh, just a little girl, especially writing about the stories uh, which have difficulties to be heard. <laughs> I have always been um, fascinated to recommend or promote the stories I found interesting or important myself. Uh, so I started studying my bachelor in communication and media studies at Al-Lamatabatabai uh, University, uh, which was one of the best universities in Iran in this field. And simultaneously, I started working in a weekly magazine called Chelchara. Oh my God, I love that magazine. Yeah, yeah. So in my experience as a journalist, I was, I was also working in cinema and theater section because I have always been in love with cinema and it's a glamorous way to tell stories. I don't know when this this love was started exactly but after a while um i started working as pr specialist for theater groups which i adored they work to uh i just wanted to help them to get seen and to uh you know to support them to promote their work following this path i became a copywriter in advertising but i remained a pr specialist in cinema and theater too and i started working as uh assistant and as a unit publicist for Askar Farhadi's film as well. So I believe in uh, when we see uh, the bigger picture, we can see the passion to fight the stereotypes in a way in this journey. Uh, I mean, journalism and theater, I think, seriously challenge stereotypes with simply telling the stories from different point of views. I mean, it shows you the other side of the story. Uh, which probably you haven't thought about it or you haven't seen it because of so many reasons. However, I believe cinema is more powerful than all the media forms I have had experience in. Yeah, and it has psychologically been approved too because when you see something, you tend to believe it. That is why the visual storytelling is so powerful. Um, so uh, no wonder I chose to remain in this field after a while. And um, I found uh, a very interesting subject in, in the London Film School uh, because I, uh, you know, uh, Mike Lee, the British filmmaker, is one of, the, my, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. And he's the chairman of the London Film School. So I found this school through Mike Lee and I found the MA International Film Business subject, which um, the description of the subject actually was a dream came true for me. Uh, because uh, in general, it was the gist of everything I wanted uh, in a career in cinema. 
so it happened. I applied uh, for the subject uh, for the master, and uh, they accepted me. And the dream year in my life started. And uh, yeah, after graduation, I came back to Iran. And uh, after a year, I found my own company. Uh, your journey has been really, really fascinating. Like you know, as you're even talking about it, it's for me. It's like you know, oh my God, she's she's gone through so much that uh, it's uh, it's almost crazy. And uh, you've you've gone to uh, to uh, the UK in film school, and it's it's. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit more about it? Like, what is the difference, uh, like, of experiences basically between the movie industry of Iran and then when you go to a uh, film school like that and you learn about the uh, film industry of Europe, basically? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, first of all, uh, having studying in uh, in summer like London Film School. Uh, was uh, you know was a was a lifetime opportunity for me. I mean, besides studying the major, I really loved. Uh, I had the chance to get to know some fascinating, fantastic people uh, from different nationalities from around the world who had uh, shared this great passion towards cinema with me. Part of this experience was uh, meeting uh, different people. Um, I mean, being friends with so many people from different backgrounds and uh, different cultures allowed me to challenge the stereotypes within myself, too. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, I hate the stereotypes, but we are all find ourselves stuck in stereotypes more or less uh, uh, through our lives because most of the time we are growing up with them. Uh, it is within our culture, our education, our I don't know, our society, our relatives. Um, so it takes power to beat the stereotypes. Uh, so I try to cut myself too, and living abroad really helped me to do that. I really appreciate it. And studying at the London Film School also gave me the opportunity to experience the most, um, you know, the most important film festivals atmosphere up front. And uh, I had the chance to uh, experience some internship at some, uh, you know, distribution companies, which was, uh, which, which was great, actually. And uh, having said that, regarding, the, uh, the, regarding your question about the difference between uh, the Iranian film industry and the European film industry, uh, truth be told, there are so many differences, in details especially. Um, for instance, I am talking from uh, I am talking from my side my um, you know my own point of view as the film distributor or even the film unit publicist because um, that, yeah I have my own company now but uh, I am doing PR for some films which are uh, interesting for me too um, I think in the European film industry it, it is also the case in the US film industry as well Usually the distributor and the publicist joined the film from the earliest stages, um, even from the development. And they are usually one of the first person to be attached to the film. Um, it does not usually happen in Iran. I mean, uh, the crew go to production, they finish their film, and they come to you and say, look, we have finished this film, and here it is. Please take it, do some marketing on it, and distribute it. Um, I mean, it doesn't really work like this. I, as the film distributor or even unit publicist, need to be the master in business school, yeah? I mean, I can, I, I can be the master of negotiation. I can be the master of, uh, you know, film contracts, uh, marketing, accounting, and 
anything in the business side of it. But I cannot be the master of your film if I am not next to the film in its journey. I mean, each film uh, is a unique product. It has its own characteristic. I need to work on each aspect of the story from the very beginning. And uh, I, I mean, otherwise, I cannot do what I really want to do and what I really can do for this film. Um, this is this is one of my greatest regrets about the Iranian industry compared to the U.S. or even European industry. Fine. Uh, going back to um, the, I'd say, the stereotypes that you were talking about, and um, I'd say mainly, uh, I, w- I really want to focus on the, um, I'd say, the discrimination mostly that the women are yeah. uh, basically facing uh, in the country uh, in general, like, you know. And uh, at the same time, uh, when when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, it can't it can only be in, in the day to day lives that I'm like, you know, seeing this. It mo- it should be in the movie industry as well. And I'm asking you, as somebody who uh, have been in the uh, like, you know, movie industry of Iran and in maybe other countries, can you tell me if this is actually true and uh, women face discrimination in the movie industry as well? Uh, yeah, actually, I do believe uh, there is also discrimination in the movie industry as well. I mean, uh, truth be told, it is a very long story, and uh, to describe it, uh, to describe it, I need uh, to have like uh, so many aesthetics and numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. But long story short, this discrimination, even in the world cinema, is still happening. I mean, yeah, they are ahead of us in so many aspects, even in this aspect as well. But women in film industry are still fighting for their rights all around the world. Um, I mean, f- fighting for equal rights. Um, for for instance, uh, women have less salaries than men in the film industry in the world. It literally breaks my heart. I mean, uh, because they they don't have less abilities for sure. Uh, for example, I don't know if you have seen um, Celine Sciamma's last film, the French director called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, no, I, I haven't, and I think I, I should because I've, I've had a lot of yeah, people telling me that I should. Yeah, it is very amazing. I recommend all of the listeners and you to watch it. And it, it is like, uh, you know, it is fabulous. It is so beautiful. And most of the film crew are women, even the director of, uh, of the photography, which uh, does not usually happen, you know. Um, the director of the photography, 98% of the time is among men. Uh, but the film is a masterpiece. It's so beautiful. Um, so women have the ability, and we can see it. But um, they, they are historically underestimated. Uh, they have the knowledge, but uh, sadly, we are taking it for granted historically. That is why I have picked uh, this niche market for modern films as well. Uh, I mean, I am uh, trying my best to encourage women to stand up for themselves. Um, especially in the film industry and communicate their voice through storytelling. It doesn't matter if you fail in the beginning. It's not going to be easy for neither of us, but it needs to be happened at some points. I see. You have a um, film distributor company. You have your own company, and it's called uh, Maroon Films. And I was reading some a description on the uh, on Instagram, and uh, you, you have said it on the description that uh, your company focuses on uh, stories about women, 
And uh, maybe yeah. if, if women want to, uh, like, you know, um, direct a movie or like you want to have a movie, basically, you are there to help them. So um, you're sure. doing this. You're doing your part. Because we have seen a shift throughout the world, like, you know, over the like two, three maybe years with the Me Too movement and everything. Uh, it seems like yeah. the, uh, the discrimination maybe. Uh, like you know hopefully uh, it's uh, like you know being eradicated hopefully but uh, like you know to talk about it in, in in our country maybe it's a long shot right now but I'm pretty sure you're doing your, yeah. your part and uh, it feels like the uh, the entire like you know thing is shifting so congratulations for that but at the same time can you tell me more thank about you. Maroon Films yeah sure uh, thank you very much for um, telling that actually that that means a lot because that is my passion uh, and uh, yeah, as I said before, I am passionate to help people to be heard and to be seen. <laughs> people who have uh, interesting points of views and have difficulties to communicate their voice. Uh, so uh, back uh, then, when I was writing the uh, Demarum Films business plan, and I was thinking about uh, all the journey it has ahead, uh, which is not going to be easy at all, and I know that. Uh, I was thinking about this question: What this company can do, uh, which other similar companies are not really worried about or don't bother. I mean, what value it can add to its clients and to its uh, client products and films. So having said that, I have always considered myself as a feminist. I mean, feminism is among those terms which has been misunderstanding and has so many stereotypes around itself, around, uh, around the term feminism. Uh, people usually have a guard when you say, I'm a feminist. But I mean feminism as equality between men and women, not similarity. Um, so uh, besides that, I know so many great and uh, talented Iranian women in films who are trying and working so hard to communicate their voice um, and their stories to the world. On the other hand, there are so many stereotypes within the international audiences about Iranian women. Uh, so I decided that Maru Films is going to promote either Iranian women filmmakers or films which are narrating Iranian women daily routines, which are more close to the reality of our lives. Because, because we women need to support each other first. So I think Maru Films is trying to build Iranian women in films and support them in any way it can. Also tries to picture a far from cliche image from women in Iran. So uh, that, that is what Marvel Films is trying to achieve in short. And um, yeah. do, uh, are we talking about like uh, independent films? Uh, am I getting this right? Uh, yes, somehow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do you think uh, like, you know, because I had a question in my mind uh, from uh, like maybe uh, two, three, four years ago that I really wanted to know, um, can movies in Iran truly be independent? Uh, yeah, that's a very tricky question, Ali. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, talking, talking about uh, the independent cinema, is, uh, I think, I believe, um, is a very controversial discussion. And it can go for hours. Uh, but in general, then I, I mean, the term independent cinema is something was um, invented to describe the cinema which was produced outside the studio system in the Hollywood. Uh, so this term initially comes from the U.S. film industry. But after, after years, uh, when the studio system somehow ended, the terms has been changed a lot in terms of the meaning since then. Um, 
So I'm not really sure if you can find an independent si- side of the cinema in Iran. But I can definitely say uh, that there are some films which could be considered as independent in the, uh, within the Iranian industry. For example, I believe the films you usually watch under the um, art and experience cinemas and programs are among them. Um, or the films which usually only seen at the prestigious film festivals and uh, they don't have the chance to be screened in, uh, in movie theaters in Iran. So they can definitely consider it as independent in the Iranian cinema, but uh, there are not so many. That's uh, that's pretty fascinating, and I and I really wanted to um, talk to you, um, like you know, more about this, and uh, you know, about the uh, subject of uh, like you know stereotypes and the discrimination and everything. Yeah. Uh, but um, maybe like you know, we can uh, we can do that uh, another time when we're meeting face to face because sure. it's it's just one of those subjects that is just very intriguing, and are, because we it's never really uh, we can't really uh, get it out there. We can't we can't really talk about this much. So it's um, it's really fascinating for me to talk more about this. So yeah, I, I am going to come to you and we will definitely talk about this more. Sure, sure. Right now we are in a global pandemic and it's something, it's one of those subjects that uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's been talking about uh, and whoever like, you know, calls you probably would say like, oh, hey, how are you dealing with your day? So yeah. um, I am going to ask you the cliche question of how are you dealing with your day? Yeah, actually, I mean, uh, dear God, we are, <laughs> we are living in a very strange time right now and uh yeah like most of us i am staying home and i am working remotely from home um but uh, I, I i am really trying my best to have a routine for myself uh, which is quite challenging as well um i am doing you know like i am exercising with youtube channels every day i am trying to do that <laughs> i watch films and series more than ever um sometimes i play games and I have started tra- translating a book recently, and also I am learning French. So wow. it seems quite productive, but <laughs> I believe there are so many great contents out there. Um, I mean, it's um, unbelievable. We need to just search them, find them, and stick to them. Uh, there are so many good quality contents, and uh, we, we, can, we can learn a lot from them. But most importantly, I think during, during these trying times i am thinking about so many things as well i am thinking about my family my friends my life and things i have and i am grateful for um, and simultaneously i cannot really stop thinking about others who don't have these blessings i mean yeah i am staying home with my beloved cat <laughs> i have this opportunity to visit my parents and go shopping for them twice a week and look after them, but um, I am thinking about those people who are not able to do this. I mean, those who do not have the chance to work remotely, uh, those who uh, who have lost their jobs and their salary. And I think uh, it is very tragic for me. I am so worried about our community, especially the film and theater community, uh, who um, cannot really work during the pandemic. Um, and I am so worried about the world in general. Uh, so I am trying my best to stay connected. This is the most important thing I am uh, trying to do, uh, to stay connected with people I know, stay connected with my colleagues who are not able to work um, until God knows when, and check on them. Because I believe um, each 
each of us could help others around them. And if we do this, we will be more power, powerful and more safe. Um, so yeah, I am trying to help as much as I can. And uh, also, I think uh, we, are, we are living in a very uncertain time. Uh, we all know it is hard. We all miss so many simple routines, uh, like, I don't know, going to a restaurant, uh, watching films in a theater, um, kissing our friends, our family members, our beloved ones, and you name it. But generally, uh, we all should know and must know we are literally in this together and that we only have each other. And we all feel each other and we must be there for each other. And I cannot really emphasize more to stay connected and be there for one another. Um, I do believe this is the only way to pass uh, this uh, this crazy time with minimum damage. You're right. And every time, uh, it's yeah. because it's pretty crazy and it's something that I, I don't think any of us would ever imagine uh, be in a situation like this. It's pretty difficult for everybody and at the same time it's pretty challenging and it's mentally challenging like, you know, to not be able to see your loved ones and not be able to do the routine things that you always wanted to do during the day. So every every time I go through this and I feel like, oh my God, what's going on? When is it going to end? I always remind myself that Everybody around the world is experiencing the same thing. It's not only me. It's everybody in the world. So that gives me a little bit of courage to maybe like, you know, say, uh, fine. But uh, since, as you said, we're all in this together, let's just do something about it. Let's just do something about a day and try to go through it without, uh, you know, trying to think anything negative. Let's be positive. Hopefully this will end. Yeah, yeah. This is the most important thing. And I think uh, th- that is why I emphasize on uh, connection and uh, reconnection somehow. If you catch up with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones, um, you can feel that we are in this together. And uh, it is really, uh, it-, it can calm the mind and uh, we, can, we can get through this. So, uh, Samin, you mentioned uh, working with uh, Mr. Fahadi and I uh, wanted to know if... Um, I mean, I wanted to know more about the experience of working with him, but uh, through this question, I want to ask you, what is the, um, I'd say, most fascinating project you've ever been in, you know, from your point of view? To be honest, I uh, I must say literally every project I was involved in. I mean, uh, I am that kind of person who is, um, um, who does not actually choose the project unless she has faith in it or likes it. So I can assure you I have not chosen any project which I don't love or or I don't uh, believe in it. Uh, however, yes, my favorite project in my whole career is the opportunity to work with Asfak Barhadi as uh, his assistant as uh, and as his uh, PR. Because uh, I am always fascinated by his great work. I mean, uh, yeah, who isn't? And uh I am very grateful to be next to him and have the opportunity to learn from him. Um, this is something um, that I am really grateful for. Um, and also, I am currently working uh, on a film called Orca, directing by Sahar Mosayebi, which I absolutely love this story and the whole process. Yeah, knowing the uh, the writer uh, of this uh, of this film, I, I'm pr- pretty fascinated about. Uh, the entire yeah, production yeah. myself, and I really want to know what's going to happen. So, um, find which movie was it uh, that you worked with Asghar Um I am working with him since after the past, 
the past movie, the, uh, one of his films, which was filming in French, uh, in France. And uh, yeah, after that, I joined him. I am working with him like uh, based on a daily routine. And I am attached to every film he has directed after that. So uh, okay. it will be like uh, the salesman. Everybody knows. And now uh, we are working on his new film uh, called A Hero. Okay, that's yeah. uh, that's pretty fascinating. A Hero is the next movie of uh, Mr. Fawadi? Yeah. Fine. When, when is it coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are all waiting for uh, this panel. I'm such a fan. Okay. And uh, do you have uh, any message for, um, I'd say, the Iranian women out there? Um, For Iranian women, uh, I mean, uh, I am way too smaller than having a message to a fabulous fellow community like Iranian women. Uh, Because I am learning from them every day. Um, I adore them from the bottom of my heart. And because most importantly, I believe they are doing a great job in this country. And uh, yeah, I believe uh, we are doing this and we are living this. And I am so grateful to have the chance to support, uh, to support it and to support the Iranian women um, in films in my own profession. Um, and I believe you're doing so. And... Uh, knowing you and uh, basically talking with you was an, was an amazing experience for me because I really wanted to know more. Thank and you. Uh, I believe, and I really, really do believe this, when you uh, have started something as, um, I'd say, amazing as uh, Maroon Films, I'm pretty sure that you've made your mark and hopefully in the future we, we're going to see change and uh, for the better, of course. And uh, yeah, looking back at that, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would uh, think of you maybe uh, like, you know, changing something, uh, you know, in the, in, in the future of the Iranian women. Hopefully. Thank you very much. It's great to hear from you. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for the time. It's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, like, I'm so happy that it finally happened. It's been so many, like, you know, maybe yeah, three, four months that I really wanted to do this. Thank you very much. I would have loved to have this in person, but I hope uh, when uh, all these crazy things end, we can meet. And uh, thank you very much for having me. I hope it was uh, it could be useful for some of your audiences. And uh, I really adore your work. Um, so do us a favor and keep up the great job. Oh my God! Thank you so much. Yeah, okay, that, <laughs> that was the motivation of the year for me. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Odibesh Pastry. They have the most amazing cakes and cookies. Once you taste the deliciousness, you can never go back. You can find them on Instagram at Pastry. This has been Ali Ruskesh, the OCDR Podcast. This was the AR Podcast. AR Podcast.